Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker All the Games. This is episode 33 of Poker All the Games, where we will discuss pineapple, deuce to seven, open face Chinese poker. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the northeast of the United States, along with co-host Martin, who joins us from Malta. Martin and I enjoy mixed poker games. We've each written a book, and we also enjoy trying different beers. So we'll be starting off today's show as we do each episode with me reviewing a beer from the United States and Martin reviewing one from Europe. So sit back, grab a beer as long as you're not driving, and enjoy our beer review and subsequent discussion of mixed poker games. Today, I am pouring an Alaskan Amber Ale from Alaskan Brewing Company in Juneau, Alaska. They make a couple of superb beers, this being one of them. Even though in the name, this is called an Amber Ale, Alaskan Amber, this is actually an alt-style ale, so it's an alt beer, not an amber. The difference being that this is fermented at colder temperatures than most ales, so the fermentation process is a bit slower than a traditional ale. Let's have a smell. The aroma isn't very strong, but I'm definitely getting notes of malt and caramel, a faint chocolatey bready nose to it, and an oh-so-subtle hop presence. Let's have a look. This beer pours a dark copper, reddish-brown, uh, with mostly white beer foam, and is perfectly clear. And now, for the best part, let's have a taste. The flavor's not bold, but instead it's soft and smooth, uh, very mellow, with malty caramel, a hint of chocolate sweetness, and just a, just a touch of hops at the end. The ale yeast gives it a bit of that distinct fruitiness, but it's not as pronounced uh, because, as I mentioned, this beer ferments at cooler temperatures, which actually suppresses much of that ale yeast fruitiness. Again, this is Alaskan Brewing Company's Amber Ale, and it might better be coined from taste alone as an amber lager, except for the technicality that it uses an ale yeast and not a lager yeast. This beer is coming in at 5.3% ABV. I'm going to sit back and enjoy the rest of this smooth and easy drinker while Martin describes what beer he has for us. Okay, today I'm drinking a, a beer from England. It's a blonde beer from Adnum, Adnum's Brewery in Suffolk, on, on the Suffolk coast, on, on the, the, the east end of England. It's called Southwold Blonde Beer. Looking at it, it's very pale. Of course, it's blonde. Um, very pale in colour. It's got a thin layer of foam on top. And it's quite active with uh, with carbonation in there. Uh, let's have a smell. Might be a bit of... There's a bit of citrus there, I think. Now, let's have a taste. Yes, there is definitely a bit of citrus flavour to it. It's kind of a bit like an IPA, but very, very mild in flavour. It's, so it's an easy drinking beer. It's, it's a very good beer. 5% ABV. So yeah, Southwold Blonde Beer. Cheers, Sean. Salute, Martin. What are we going to do? We're both drinking like around 5% beers today. Usually one of us has a high alcohol <laughs> beer, usually on my end of the of the water here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have something a bit stronger for the next next episode, but we'll see. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll certainly we'll we'll both have to we'll have to make up for it on the next episode. Remember Indeed. that our focus here is non holdem poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games and or those looking to try different variations of poker. Whether you're a dealer, a player, or a card room manager, we're here to define the rules the play, and easy-to-remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. 
Today's episode, we'll be covering pineapple, deuce to seven, open face, Chinese poker. And now I see why we're drinking low alcohol beers, Martin, because that's a mouthful. Why don't you walk us through this game of pineapple, deuce to seven, open face, Chinese poker? Certainly, Sean. Now, this is a game that I play an awful lot online and also sometimes in home games and casino mixed games when there's just a few people starting a table waiting for others to arrive. We sometimes play some of this or other versions of open face Chinese poker. In episode 25 of this podcast, we talked about pineapple open face Chinese poker, and this is a variant of that. Like in that game, players end up with a 13-card hand in front of them. Five cards, five cards, and three cards, so three rows of cards. In that game, it's all about high poker hands. The difference here is the middle row of five cards has to be a low hand based on a deuce to seven style low poker hand. So you don't want to use a flush or a straight. And actually to qualify that hand has to be a 10 or better low. So that's just a brief note about some aspects of the showdown. And, uh, but I'll go through that in more detail when I've gone through how the game's dealt and played. The dealer will give each player five cards. By the way, it's maximum three players, two players or three players in the hand. Dealer gives each player five cards and the person to the left of the dealer button starts the uh, game off by placing those five cards face up in those three rows. They've got to decide which row each card will go in and it'll stay in that row for the entirety of the hand. Once the first person's done that, the second person places their five cards. When all the players have done that, the dealer again then gives three cards to each player. And again, starting with the person to the left of the dealer button, that person will use only two of their three cards place them again in a row that they have to commit to and discard the third card face down so these players don't see it. That's repeated four times. It'll be four times when the players get three cards, use two and discard one. And at the end of it, their hands are laid out in front of them, five cards, five cards, three cards. The rule is the bottom hand has to be stronger than the top hand. And like I said already, there has to be a low hand in the middle of using deuce to seven rules. Nobody can fold in this game. You have to use your cards, whatever you're given. Even if you hate the hands you're getting, you have to go with it and make the best of it. So when whenever it is the showdown, all the all 13 cards, it's basically, if, it's three, if there are three players involved, it's three heads up matches. Player A versus player B, player A versus player C, player B versus player C. If player A's hand is better than player B's hand on top on the top row, that's one point. Same on the middle row, that's another point. On the bottom row, that's another point. If one player beats the other player on all three rows, they get a bonus three points. So it's six points for uh, a scoop, as it's called. As it's called. If you don't make a ten or better low in the middle, your hand is fouled. And if you end up with a better hand on top than you have on the bottom, your hand is also fouled. In which case, the other player, if they haven't also fouled, they'll get six points for scooping, plus whatever royalty points they get. The royalty points are... Now, we talked about, as I said in episode 25, we talked about the basic open-faced Chinese game. The royalty points for the bottom and the top are the same as they are in that game. So, at the bottom, the lowest hand that scores any points is a straight. That's two points. Four points for a flush. Six for a full house. 10 for quads, 15 for a straight flush, 25 for a royal flush. On the top, the lowest scoring, scoring hand will be a pair of sixes, and it's, it increments by one point for each better hand. So actually, if you work it out, sevens are two, and it goes right up to 22 points for three aces. In the middle, the points are different because it's a deuce to seven hand. If you make, make the wheel, the seven, five, four, three, two, that gives you eight points. Another seven low that isn't seven five four three two exactly would give you four points. An eight low is two points. A nine low one point. A ten low qualifies, but it doesn't give you any points. So the players settle up. Whichever player gains more points than the other in each of these heads up games, the players settle up for a predetermined amount per point. So it might be say one euro or one dollar per point. Player A has five points more than player B, so player B will pay them five dollars. 
etc., etc., etc. You settle in the order A versus person to the left of the deal button versus the person to the right of the deal button, then the person to the left of the deal button versus the dealer, and then the other the other two players settle their hand afterwards. Now, if you remember in open face Chinese, there's this concept of fantasy land where when you qualify for fantasy land, you will get 14 cards straight away in the next hand. You won't run the risk of fouling, or so it seems. In this game, there's a twist on that. To qualify for Fantasyland, you need kings or better on top. And obviously, if your hand fouls, that doesn't work. If you've got kings on top, you can't make any better than, say, a pair of queens on the bottom, you've fouled. You can also qualify for Fantasyland by making a wheel in your middle hand. If you do qualify both ways... Kings are better on top and a wheel in the middle, you actually receive an extra card in Fantasyland. Normal Fantasyland is 14 cards. So if you qualify in both rows, you'll receive 15 cards. In Fantasyland, with the 14 cards, you'll use 13, discard one. With 15 cards, you'll use 13, discard two. Now, when somebody's in Fantasyland, the dealer button stays where it is and no players at the table can leave. Uh, you, it's like a bonus hand. You can't you can't leave the table if your opponent's in Fantasyland. You've got to play the next hand. To repeat Fantasyland when you're already in there, you need to make at least three of a kind on top or quads on the bottom. The twist about Fantasyland is that it's possible to foul even when in Fantasyland in this game because it's possible that the cards you're given don't allow you to make a 10 or better low in the middle. For example, if you don't have any cards between two and five inclusive, the uh, lowest hand you can make is 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and that would be a straight, so it wouldn't qualify. That's a, quite a frustrating nature of uh, this game sometimes. I've played this game a lot, and from records that I've kept, from hands that I've played, it's only about 3% of the time that you foul in Fantasyland, but it is a, a feature to watch out for. I think... That's everything I need to say on the game. It's, it's quite complex in the way that it's described. When you sit down and play, it, it's quite a fun game to play. But uh, you do need to understand the point scoring and you need to you need to understand how the game's dealt and played as well, obviously. So, Sean, any questions? Let's go through a little bit here. We might have to start doing videos of some of these games on us after that yeah. last time. <laughs> about the complexity <laughs> it is sometimes easier when people are watching right it's true yeah so i guess uh the, the first sort of tip is to go listen to episode 25 right for the for, for the general rules of open face chinese poker um Indeed. and then apply right and then apply this episode's notes um, as far I as agree, the middle yes. board. yeah the middle board and the fantasy land rules you're saying are yeah um, basically yeah the big difference okay so you mentioned this, uh, my, my first question, which you sort of answered was, what are the limits? But you mentioned there's, right, there's a predetermined amount per point. So which, you know, you said no one can fold. So how much does a, a hand usually end up costing someone or, or could you end up winning depending on like uh, the number of the dollar amount per point, just to give everybody an idea? Usually, I suppose the majority of hands are, be, are not much more than say, say, say they'll be between say three and ten points from one player to another. So, okay, if you foul though, it can be a lot more because you've got the six points to start with, and once you start to add the um, relative points, it can be quite a lot more. When somebody makes a really strong hand, they can probably make 20 to 25 points off each opponent if if the other opponents are not making uh, also strong hands. Yeah, it, it can get quite expensive. Just a little side note, the place I play this really frequently is SWC Poker website. And on there, you play a round and the maximum loss in a round is 100 points. Now, so if the three players at the table... That's basically three hands, but you have to add a, add a hand for each time you're in Fantasyland. And quite often it gets to 21, 22 hands. And quite often when that happens, because people get into Fantasyland, repeating Fantasyland, and, and meanwhile somebody else gets into Fantasyland on the next sort of iteration of the uh, of the game. When that happens, you can quite often lose the maximum. And on that site, it's 100 points. So if you're playing for 
a euro a point, that's 100 euros gone. But like I say, once you've lost that much on that site, that's your limit. You don't lose any more. Whereas if you were playing without that, <laughs> your opponent could just keep going into fantasy land and you just lose, 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 lose. I mean, 30 to 40% of the time, I think. People get into fantasy land about 30 to 40% of the time. But once there, they repeat about 15 to 20% of the time. So when, when you look at variance, that can happen quite frequently. You know, you, you can repeat fantasy land again and again and again sometimes. And that can really punish your opponent. So on that website where it's 100 points maximum loss in a round, it can be quite a saving thing, that. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, so it sounds like it can get quite quite pricey if you're losing. It really can, yeah. And, and you really need to think about that when you're agreeing to whatever price per point that you that you want to play. You really, you really need to be um, mindful of the fact that you can play as well as you like, you can run badly and your opponent can run well, and, and that can be expensive. On this site, is this just a game, a cash game that you enter, and it's just this game, or is it a, an actual rotation of other games? No, it, it's just this game. It, it's, it, and it is a cash game. So, yeah, you have to buy in for at least 100 points worth. So if you're playing for – it's a Bitcoin site. If you're playing – and basically 1 million chips is 1 Bitcoin – so let's say if you're playing for say ten cent ten chips per point, you have to buy in for at least a thousand chips. So you are capable of losing a hundred points. But you can buy in for I think four thousand, but you'll only lose a thousand in one round. And you can choose not to play the next round. But once you're committed to play a round, you have to see that round through. Okay, I have another question which doesn't apply here, but which I thought of when you were describing this. So in a dealer's choice rotation, for example, right, say you have six or so people at the table and someone chooses this game. How do you choose in that situation who gets to play? I saw something like this come up an instance at the World Series of Poker, and I forget what the answer was, but it was, you know, if they were going to seat more people than could play in a hand, somehow they decide someone sits out a hand. Do you know, is there a rule that sort of is followed in these instances? There is. For this specific game, I've seen it where, well, this and other variants of open-faced Chinese, I've seen it where four people are sat at the table and one person will sit out and it'll probably be, right, okay, It's a, if it's a dealer's choice game and you're, you're choosing the game with the variation of open-faced Chinese when you have the button, then probably the um, next, the person behind you, the, if you like the cutoff, will sit out. But normally what we've done in our home games is if there are four of us, we'll play a round of one version of Open Face Chinese, and it might be this one, and the button will deal and the other three will play. Do you understand that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It makes it a little easy. The button is the the dealer. Yeah. yeah. The, the other point, to ask you a wider question, quite often with a Dromaha game, for example, There'll be eight people at the table and they'll say seven can play. I know at Resorts World in Coach's game, probably in the other mixed games there as well, they're eight-handed and the person under the gun sits out. So there's a red sit-out disc placed in front of the person who is not playing that hand. Everybody else is dealt in, the hand's played, the button moves and so does the sit-out button. So a different person sits out each hand. In our home game, we tend to make it that the cutoff sits out but having said that, we try to make it that because we play a number of games, seat one will choose the first game, we might play six hands. And we try to make it that the person who's chosen the game is not one of the ones who sits out. You understand that as well? <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, was, I was wondering about that as well. <laughs> yeah. So if, if it's the cutoff that's sitting out and that will mean that the, the person who's chosen the game will miss a, miss a hand, quite often either will make it the under the gun that sits out or someone will say... It's okay, I need to go for a pee or go outside for a cigarette or something. And someone will volunteer to, to sit out their hands so that the, the, the person who chose the game doesn't have to. <laughs> it's got to be a friendly game for that sort of thing to happen. Yeah, it's helpful for me. And I, I know it's helpful for our listeners as well. These The nuances of, uh, of how some of this works. You know, you get in the middle in a situation such as this and, uh, hey, what do we do? And and we're here to uh, define those rules. So I'm glad you uh, could provide that answer for us. How about some, uh, do you have any beginner's tips for us for uh, Pineapple Deuce to Seven open face Chinese poker? 
Yes, I have. Your initial setup is important. You need to try to balance the fact that you want to be able to make fantasy land with the fact that you don't want to foul. So those five cards you get originally, you need to try to place them in such a way that you're trying to support aces or kings on top, if possible. I mean, or better, but aces or kings is much most, by far the most common and the least likely to make you foul compared to when you put trips on top. Or you need to try to keep it possible to make dukes to seven in the middle, the two, seven, five, four, three, two wheel. Now, what a mug quite often does, don't be this mug, is uh, they might have five cards that include two queens. They put two queens on the top and they don't put two aces or two kings on the bottom because they don't have those available. The risking, the risking of foul, because they've got queens on top, without the return, it's, it's, the risk-reward isn't, isn't adequate because you can't qualify for Fantasyland with just a pair of queens. So it's not worth running that risk that you might foul because you don't make a strong enough hand on the bottom to support your queens on top. It's worth doing it with if you put kings or aces on top on your, with your initial setup up from your five cards because it gives you a nice reward, a nice return when you go into Fantasyland. Another tip, as the hand progresses, keep an eye on what your opponents are placing for two reasons, really. One is you can see what cards are live that you need to use. Actually, three reasons. You can see what cards are live that you need to use, and it'll help you make your decisions whether to take a risk to put a pair of aces on top because you've got the likelihood that you will hit the strong hand on the bottom to support a pair of aces. Or not, you know, if, if, you, if you've got, for example, you have a queen and a ten on the bottom and one ace on top, and then you see the person on your left place place two queens and the person on your right place two tens, your bottom hand, and then you get dealt an ace in your next deal, your bottom hand is going to be, it's going to be hard to achieve something that will beat a pair of aces on top. So you might want to be a bit more cautious in that sort of scenario. But the other reason why you need to watch what everybody else is doing is also to try to avoid being scooped by them and try to help yourself have a chance to scoop them. So if you can see that a person is definitely going to beat you in the middle row, regardless of what happens, like they might have already made, a, at some point they might have already made a wheel, 7-5-4-3-2, and you've already got an 8 in the middle, so the best low you can make is an 8 low. You've got to try to set up your hand so that you're going to beat them on one of the other rows. That's going to save you some money in the long run because it's it's, it's expensive to be scooped. You don't want to lose all three rows. That's when you get scooped. But, but as I say, turning that round, if you can scoop your opponent, that's something to watch out for as well. So uh, be mindful of the fact that your opponent maybe has a nine low in the middle. You have a 10 in your, you, you dealt a 10 in your hand. You're thinking, shall I put the 10 in the middle to avoid fouling? Maybe it's w- worth a risk not doing that because if you can make a strong hand at the top and the bottom to beat your opponent as well as a hand in the middle that beats a nine you can scoop them i'm not sure how clear that's going to be to somebody that's not familiar with the game (laughs) yeah so as i say be wary of what your opponents are doing think whether that the cards that you need are out in your opponent's hand as as the hand progresses and adjust your tactics accordingly but also try not to let them scoop you and try and try to scoop them like we say in a lot of these uh, mixed games, right? Scooping is the goal. If you can scoop, you can win. Obviously, yeah, yeah. It's that's where the money is. Yes, for sure. And I know you mentioned, you know, it, it's going to be hard to follow, and of course it is. But that's that's what we're here for. We're here to explain how to play these games and the strategy tips. And the the only way to get used to them and get better, right, is to actually start dealing them and start playing them. So it might be confusing at first, and 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 it, it is. But uh, once you start playing them, you'll get better at it, and you'll, you'll be one of the best because not a lot of people play these games. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I have to warn you though, if you go to the SWC site. When you're new to the game, start at the micro levels because the players on there are regulars <laughs> uh, and they're, they're quite good. That's yeah. another strategy tip. There you go. <laughs> yeah, It's always a strategy tip in poker, isn't it? It, it? People call it bum hunting, but avoiding playing against players that are better than you is definitely a strategy tip in which, whichever poker game you're playing. <laughs> Yes, especially when you're uh, when you're just getting started in a game, you don't, you don't want to ruin ruin your run, you know, not be able to continue to play because you've uh, shot your whole bankroll just trying to learn the game. Exactly. Yes. 
I'll go over some uh, mixed game winners from the 2023 WSOP since our last episode here. In event 52, which was the $2,500 mixed triple draw, which is ace to five, deuce to seven, and Badoogie, all triple draw games. Nick Pupilo, um, who I actually mentioned in the, I butchered his name, last name in the last episode as well, because he was one of several pros who were at my $1,500 eight game table. So he actually went on to win a bracelet in the mixed triple draw event. You're going to hear some names that we've all heard over the years and uh, a couple of duplicates as well. Uh, in the 10K horse, Mike Gorodinsky won that and Alex Livingston took second place. Event 55, the $1,500 stud eight, Marcin Horecki won that and uh, Mike Matisal took second place for that one. You might have heard uh some uh, moaning and complaining on Twitter. If you follow Mike on, on Twitter about his second place finish event 60 was the $1,500 no limit deuce to seven single draw. And Jason Mercier, who uh, we haven't heard from in a while is back and took this one down the 10 K stud eight Ryan Miller first place with Bryn Kenny coming in second. And we also had, the $10,000 no limit deuce to seven single draw with Chris Brewer in first place and Alex Livingston uh, second. So Alex Livingston took second in the no limit deuce to seven single draw as well as the, the 10 K horse. And it's kind of interesting, right? I, I sort of mentioned, we're going to hear names that we've heard before and some duplicates that these fields are made up of right skill play, the players who are really good at these games. So there, there is obviously as we we say, there's a skill factor. Um, there's also, of course, the variance, you know, of, of which card is going to come. But uh, in the end, skill really plays a big piece of it, and that's why we see a lot of these names we've uh, we've heard before. Absolutely, it's it's amazing the number of big names that are winning these tournaments this year at the World Series of Poker. It's it's absolutely amazing. I see Phil Helmuth's made his seventeenth bracelet as well, but not in a mixed games event. But we we spoke about him in the last episode. His record is crazy. You can't you can't hold that against him at all. It's it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. And he does have a few. I forget how many, uh, but he does have a few. Not all of his bracelets are in Hold'em. He does no. have a few in mixed games, so th there is that as well. Very true, yeah. I, I think he won a couple in Rouse and, uh, and some other variants. I think it was a Deuce of Seven. Was it last year or the year before or something? I can't yes, remember. But, I uh, think you're right, yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah it's, as you said, it's, it's an impressive feat no matter what, 17 bracelets. You know, you can be a naysayer, but uh, he's seven out in front of the second place uh, with 10. 10, I think, is, uh, you know, a Amazing. bunch of a few people <laughs> in second with 10. Yeah. So that's what I have in the U.S. What do you have uh, as far as news for us, uh, mixed game news from Europe? There's just one item which um, sadly is late. It's too late to be taken advantage of this year, but I've become aware that the Winamax.fr poker website runs a series alongside the World Series of Poker where they run each World Series of Poker event on the same day, but with one hundredth of the buy-in. So, so a $10,000 buy-in tournament, well, not exactly one hundredth because this is in euros. So a $10,000 buy-in tournament at the World Series of Poker will be run on the same day as a 100 euro buy-in tournament of the same variant on the Winamax site. So that's something to look out for in future World Series of Poker iterations. There are, they also do, I mean, there are daily the daily mixed games tournaments on that site for very low buy-ins, but they have that series. And they also, looks like they do other series. At the moment, as we're recording this, they're in a, a series called the Winamax Islands. And like, on the day we're recording this, for example, there's a stud tournament and a deuce of seven tournament. And then on the day after, there'll be a mixed tournament, which will be five game mix. I don't think that's horse. I think that's five. I'm, what I'm looking at isn't that clear, but I think it's five random games that are mostly draw games by the look of it. Yeah, I can see that there is deuce to seven and there is Badoogie 
I don't know what the other three are. It, it, it's what I'm looking at is, is a bit unclear. No, not Badugi. Sorry, it's Deucey Seven. Yeah, it's 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 toss basically. It's the horse games, but no Holdem, and there is Deucey Seven. So that's a website that I've become aware of that is available in Europe. I'm not sure what countries are it is available in. I'm in Malta, and I know it's available here for people living here. It's based in France. I also know it's not available for people living in the United Kingdom. I don't know about the rest of Europe. I don't know about the rest of the world. But uh, that's another site that I've become aware of with, with some mixed games tournaments that, that run. I like that Winamax idea with the uh, smaller buy-in, the same variant as the WSOP. I, I think that's interesting. Yeah, they call it Mini Las Vegas. I do see, um, I think it's Adrian Mateos. I see him wear, I believe, a Winamax patch. And I think I've seen one or two others in some of these tables this year with with the Winamax uh, patch on as well as sponsors. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a busy site. I've recently joined that site myself and the action's reasonably good. There's no real cash game action in the mixed games. And like I say, the daily, day-to-day stuff is very low buy-in, micro stakes. But these series, they, they, they run some quite interesting tournaments. So that's one to look out for if you're in a country. If, if listeners are in countries where they're allowed to compete on that site, then have a look, look it up. It's a fully regulated site, so it's one where relatively you, you can feel safe, that your funds are safe. Let's go over some uh, upcoming mixed games events in the U.S., so we're nearing the end of the uh, WSOP with basically uh, the main event running. So the mixed game tournaments, as well as the mixed cash games uh, at the WSOP are drying up. And with that, the with the close of the WSOP, many of the other Vegas mixed game tournaments are also coming to a close. But there are weekly tournaments that run at the Orleans, South Point, and there are cash games, uh, mixed cash games that regularly run at Resorts World in Las Vegas. There's also something coming up called Barge that will be from July 17th to the uh-huh. 22nd at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino, which is formerly uh, the Las Vegas Hilton. This is probably not something that might be known by a lot of people, but Barge is an online community of poker enthusiasts that hosts uh, an annual event in Las Vegas uh, each year. And so this one will be coming up, as I just mentioned, soon. And there are some some games. They have a, a rule book online. If you go, you can find more about them at Barge. That's B-A-R-G-E dot org. So Barge.org. And they have a rule book and there's a, a pile of games in the rule book. But I'm looking at this yeah, this schedule coming up here um, in July. They have California Lowball. They have a limit six-game mix, which looks like it's horse plus lazy pineapple high. Interesting stuff. Um, they have a tournament of champions two, which looks like a six-handed mix of crazy pineapple high, big O, eight or better, and super stud, eight or better. And then they have some, they also, of course, have some no limit hold'em games. Those are some of the mixed games they have. And they also, it looks like on Wednesday, July 19th, there's a, an annual dinner and Maria Ho um, is going to be speaking at some place in Las Vegas called Taverna Costera, which I don't know, but uh, you can buy tickets to go um, hear guest speaker Maria Ho and uh, play some some mixed games with some other enthusiasts that Again, it's an online community, but they convene in Las Vegas uh, annually to play live. Yeah, I've actually heard of that group. B Barge, B A stands for Bay Area. It's based around San Francisco. The the group that set that up, I think. I met someone who is very. Uh, I think he goes to all their series. That's it. Does sound a really um, well run event, and 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 it sounds like there'll be a lot of fun games. Probably some good. Mixed game side action as well from the, from from what I hear. So yeah, that sounds a good one. True. Yeah, I was trying. So so you're saying Bay Area? Then I don't know. The rest might be rec rec recreational gambling gaming excursion. or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, recreational gaming gambling excursion or something like that. So yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> 
Um, a couple of other things, that, uh, some of which I've mentioned in the past, but I did find a new game I recently noticed uh, on Bravo, an 816 uh, limit mixed cash game at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Now, I, I do have to verify what the mix is just to make sure it's more than sort of a I, I've seen some mixes and they're no limit in PLO, which to me isn't really a mixed game. So um, okay. I, I do want to verify that. But I wanted to let everybody know about that. And when I do get verification, I will let our listeners know if it's a, a true mix or just sort of a big bet mix. And then there is also the higher limit mix, which is usually at least a 4080. Um, sometimes it's a 100, 200 mix that runs at Borgata in Atlantic City, and that's uh, generally on the weekends. So a few other games that are going on. I am interested um, to find out this Mohegan Sun, Connecticut mix because that's that's a little more my speed the 816 limit then uh, i gotta build up my bankroll a bit to sit in a 4080 or a 100 200 at the borgata so uh, i'm interested to find more out about the uh, mix at mohegan sun in connecticut that's what i have for us here in the u.s what do you have for us uh, over on your side martin it's crazy there seems to be a lot of mixed games action coming up this year in uh, in europe Okay, I'll, I'll start off with, the. I'll go in chronological order. I'll start off with the one that I've mentioned a few times before, the Poker SM Live in, in August, 14th to 19th of August in Bratislava, which is the, basically the Swedish Championships. Sadly, all the mixed games tournaments are only open to Swedish nationals, but for Swedish people, go along. It sounds like there's, there's, there's some good variants. Uh, buy-ins from 115 euros up to sort of uh, 550, 600. Um, there's probably going to be some good... I've heard there's really good mixed games, side games during those festivals as well. A little bit further than Europe, the, I've become aware of a schedule in Taiwan from the sep September the 1st to the 10th, uh, which has a number of mixed games variants on there. ASPT's Taiwan 2023, September the 10th. Sorry, September the 1st to the 10th. So if anybody's looking to travel to that part of the world, look that up. I won't go through the details, but there are some mixed games tournaments on the schedule. So if you're interested, Google it and you'll, you'll, you'll find what you need to know. Back to Europe. There's the Cool Bet Open in Bratislava at the Banco Casino from the 4th to the 10th of September. That includes a number of mixed games variants, including eight game with a €165 buy-in and some various Omaha with different numbers of cards and mostly high, but there's also a high-low. So there, there are some, some variants there. There's the, the, the top cruise, which I mentioned in previous episodes as well, which is the 2nd to the 9th of September. What I've read this week is that there's one cabin left which can accommodate two people. So Google that if you want to, if you're interested, it's over 2000 euros for the cabin, but there's a lot of mixed games on their festival schedule. Later in September, there's the, uh, we'll see a poker circuit ring, uh, available in a, in a schedule in Tallinn from the 14th to the 24th of September. Now, I heard last night from someone in the industry that the schedule that's currently online is not uh, finalised. It's illustrative, illustrative, but there will be at least two mixed games events that include a circuit ring, and there will be other mixed games events as well that don't include the ring. So that's that's one that I've only found out about recently, but that sounds very interesting. After that, the Party Poker Millions event uh, schedule in Malta, includes a horse event, €200 Euro buy-in. And then looking ahead, schedule's not out yet, but the festival series is in Bratislava from the 27th of November to the 3rd of December. And that's that's always packed with mixed games tournaments and mixed games catch game action on the side. They're all the schedule, the event schedules that I know of that definitely contain mixed games coming up. And I think there's going to be a couple more in October, in Malta at least, uh, but that's not been confirmed yet. Yeah, so exciting. It, it, it's, it's, this 
this niche, this genre of poker is definitely on the up and up. It's growing quite exponentially at the moment. Long may it continue. I've noticed that as well. Uh, like I said, this is the first time I've seen this uh, mixed cash game going uh, at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. And I, I just keep hearing more and more about mixed games. And I do have to jump in. I have some breaking news after I just mentioned that the, the mixed game action in Las Vegas is drying up along with the World Series of Poker sort of coming to a close. My phone just dinged. The Orleans apparently is going to keep the mixed games uh, tournaments going even after the WSOP uh, is over. So it looks like from what I have here, yeah, maybe this is the second week of the month. It's hard to read what I have here, but pretty much Monday through Friday, like the second week of the month is going to be mixed game tournaments each evening. There's a, looks like a $130 horse tournament one month on a Monday night, $150 08 tournament on a Tuesday, $150 08 slash stud eight rotation on Wednesday. And then a $200 rotating weekly mixed game on Friday. Yeah, one week there's triple stud. Another week there's PLO eight or better. And then another week there's uh, no limit, deuce to seven single draw. And then looks like on a Saturday's $130 no limit crazy pineapple tournament. So it sounds like this might be a regular occurrence. I can't quite see the dates. These are sometime in, looks like July. Um, but I, I can't see the dates on this calendar that I have in front of me. But that just just popped up. So some breaking news that uh, the mixed game action is going to continue, um, at least at the Orleans Poker Room. Fantastic. Yeah, it is. And you mentioned something other that that else that caught my ear there. And that is the reason I don't bring up circuit events here in the U.S. is because, I mean, they do have PLO as a, a ring event once in a while, but that's it. And I've been extremely disappointed and I'm excited to hear that. It sounds like uh, the, the circuit over WSOP Europe circuit is adding some mixed games from what you just said. Yeah. I, as I say, I, I was speaking to somebody yesterday evening that um, is in the industry. It, it's WSOP with Olibet events uh, that are jointly running this festival schedule uh, in Tallinn and on the currently available schedule online there are about four mixed games ring events but actually what I was told last night was that there are, there are only going to be two mixed games ring events but the other events will be on the schedule but they won't carry a we'll see as a poker circuit ring as a, as a prize for the first for the winner but but nevertheless the, the, the tournament's there it's going to be available there's going to be some good Good numbers, no doubt. It, it's Tallinn is a is a great centre for mixed games. It, it brings in a lot of players from Scandinavia who are all very keen on mixed games. Finland, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and also the the, the, the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Th those sort of games seem to be growing in in uh, in interest, growing growing number of participants in those countries as. As well so it is quite quite exciting i wish i could get to it but i suspect i can't get to it i've got a lot going on in september this year <laughs> sadly yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, am, I am glad to hear that they're adding them and and maybe we can get them added here in the u.s as well get a couple of mixed game uh circuit rings i i'd love to win a circuit ring and you know i would certainly be more interested in uh traveling if they also included a couple of uh, mixed game circuit ring tournaments uh into the schedule as well it's true you know trophies generally they add a lot of interest they, i don't know what percentage of players they add to a field but they definitely add for sure um when tournaments in malta carry trophies of any kind players just come out of the woodwork they, they, they wouldn't normally play it, it's, it's it's fascinating to see so in yeah. the World Series of Poker Circuit rings, that there would be uh, that would be nice to own one of those for sure. I guess it's it's about the bragging rights, right? When you when you have rings or, or or bracelets or trophies, it's it's about bragging rights. Being able to show something rather than just say, "Oh, I won this tournament on Poker Stars," for example, you actually have something sitting, you know, maybe in your living room, or you maybe you have a separate room where you display these items, and it's nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> trophy cabinet. <laughs> yes. yes someday maybe i'll have one of those <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'm working on it. I do have one trophy downstairs, but uh, so <laughs> yeah, let me. That's not not enough to uh, warrant an entire room, though. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Work in progress. <laughs> Well, I had some high hopes to, uh, as far as my recent mixed gameplay, I had high hopes to get up to Foxwoods in Connecticut and play stud because they usually have one to two tables each of two to three different limits of seven card stud going on um, on the weekends. And through the week, they also have a number of stud tables going. But unfortunately, I didn't wake up early enough to to sort of drive up there and get, get going. So then I basically decided well i'm gonna to go to borgata in atlantic city and uh play some stud there see if uh the mixed game might be running see if i can get them to do a lower stakes game but that was quickly thwarted by first by road closures and then heavy traffic in every direction due to those road closures so i just oh, ended I up the feeling yeah coming back home and uh, firing up some 20 dollars eight game mixes on poker stars oh hell <laughs> yeah anyway at least i had the the online poker and then i have the local casino um that's closer to me but they run you know just no limit so anyway one of the eight game mixes that i did fire up i, I can't even recall how what place i ended up in that's how badly it went i basically entered and and i was out pretty quickly my mind wasn't really in it um, but on another occasion, I entered another $20 eight game mix on poker stars and ended up 12th out of 33 where the top five were paid. Mm. So these aren't, yeah, not great turnouts, um, for me and, and neither just the overall 33 players, but they're also, I guess, not bad for an eight game mix, 33 or so players, you know, it's limited to a single state where I fired these games up. So your figure you know, I guess it's not bad. We get 30 or 40 players probably in, in a lot of these when there's a Raz or a stud. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you know, so it's typical, but it's mostly the same players, right? Tournament after tournament, you're seeing the same 30 or so people and the same few, usually making it to the top unless I happen to uh, have a good run, which happens, and uh, I, I knock one of them out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do I do love the eight-game mix. The, the problem for me at least it seems to be the stud rounds and i love stud right i'm talking about going up to connecticut and playing stud or down the Morgan, and i yeah. i love seven card stud but right those those seven card stud rounds they can make or break you especially in a tournament where the blinds increase um and yeah. they do increase rapidly online in general and especially so on poker stars the poker stars the stud pots get quite large yeah, people fight for. I don't know why that is, but people fight for the hand for the for the pots in the stud quite, quite aggressively. I've noticed that you have five rounds of betting, right? Plus the ante yeah. and the bring-ins. Yeah. If you yeah, if you make a mistake or two, it can really decimate your stack. And on the other hand, right, kind of like in earlier in this episode, we talked about the the deuce to seven pineapple open face Chinese poker, you know, about getting your stack decimated. On the other hand, if you hit big against the second best hand, you can catapult to the top of the leaderboard in those rounds. So it's a, it exactly. goes both ways. Yeah, indeed. So that's what I have. What about your uh, recent mixed game play, Martin? Just uh, at a tangent to that, um, in an earlier episode, I said to you that I thought that Poker stars uh, worldwide didn't look any longer. Do you remember me saying that they don't run, run eight game tournaments any longer, and, and they don't run Koshiro tournaments any longer? I've got a really embarrassing admission to make. I had my filters set incorrectly. I only had table size seven to ten players showing, and I've, I've now added three to six players, and lo and behold. There's eight game tournaments every day. There's Koshiro high low tournaments every day. <laughs> I've got some more options to 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 choose from there. And what you just said about field field sizes, I've just had a quick look on PokerStars right now. There's a Portland Badoogie tournament, which is in the late registration stages, 79 entries. That was a, That's only $4.40 buy-in, though. $16.50 stud high-low tournament, 23 entries. Uh, so, yeah, some of, the, some of these... I, I can't really see, see how many... Are entering the other kind of mixed games tournaments because there aren't any right now as we as we're talking that are, that are in uh, late reg stages. So yeah, the fields aren't huge, but 
you know, they're, they're, they're worth playing, I would say. Okay, uh, turning to my play, I still haven't won a tournament online for a few weeks, which is um, frustrating. I'm actually going to put back on tournaments. I always felt myself as a cash game player. It's only this year that I got a bit more into tournaments, and I do find that the variance in tournaments is pretty crushing. You know, you can go deep. I just I mentioned earlier on in this episode about the Winamax Festival. Uh, I played a PLO high-low tournament last week. I was really, really deep, doing really well. I ended up busting in 12th after I um, had lost most of my stack on the previous hand to when I busted out, where I had a good double ace, double ace two suit, sorry, ace ace two double suited hand and raised, was repotted by someone on my left. Got all in, well, got got him, got that player all in. They had King King 10 7 or something, no possibility of low. I had any suit they had, I had it covered. And then I think they, they uh, managed to make two pair with the 10 and 7 and uh, crippled my stack. That's just a bad beat story. They're not interesting. But what is interesting is the fact that in tournaments, you can only expect that to happen over and over again. You can play your best get deep and cash for an amount that makes no difference to you because variance happens, you know? And that there's no reason why that shouldn't happen the next 20 tournaments you're playing. So I'm going to cut back on tournaments significantly and go back to more cash games, which is what I've always been uh, more interested in. Having said that, I'll still travel over to Malta to play tournaments there. And I'll when I can, I'll get to schedules elsewhere in Europe. Sorry, events elsewhere in Europe where the schedules include mixed games. But I'm, I'm going to try to get some mixed cash games running more frequently in the casinos in Malta. Um, and when I play online, I'm going to play more cash games again, like I, like I used to do, which which is what I always felt was my forte. And I'll be all playing lots of Deuce of Seven, Pineapple Open Face Chinese, which is the game we talked about this evening, every time I go online. <laughs> I've, I've run reasonably break-even over the last couple of weeks uh, online. Played the I went over to Malta for the last two Tuesdays to play the Svitten Special Tournament and came second both times. This week, when when I played that one, I came second to Totti Lind. He's a Swedish player and he's a legend. And he's one of the people that used to play in the original Svitten Special game when it was first invented in the Svitten Card Club in Stockholm in Sweden. And he was showing me photographs of the guy who invented the game on his phone last night. Had a great time. He's a fantastic player, Totti. He won the last Svitten Special Tournament in a festival in Malta as well, the, the festival series. Great guy, great player. And uh, thoroughly enjoyed it last night. It was uh, a lot of fun. But second place is kind of, you know, profit, but frustration. <laughs> I had him all in. The hand before he busted me, I had him all in with the best hand. But uh, it wasn't a hand that crushed him by any means. And he outdrew me both on the um, draw and the Omaha hands and uh, uh, crushed my stack and uh, took the rest of it on the next hand. But it was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Mixed games tend to bring in players like this. Uh, good bad players or bad players, they, 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 they tend to be a lot of fun to sit with and lots of stories. He was telling me, Totti was telling me about a weight loss bet he'd had. He'd lost 20 kilos and made 20,000 in a few months uh, earlier on this year. So well done to Totti. It's nice getting fit and um, winning some money at the same time. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have I don't have enough weight to lose. I don't think, but it would be nice to have a generous friend like that and give me that give me an achievable uh, goal to to uh, hit in, in some kind of a prop bet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Who is it currently? Uh, Sean Deeb is in a yeah. weight loss bet. Uh, I guess uh, Bill Perkins. He seems to be the the one who always puts these bets out for folks. To, you know, yeah, he, he kind of knows the limits of. He seems to know the limits of of human beings, and and puts out a, a challenge that will definitely um, push you to the edge. Yeah, that's that's a very generous one he's done with Sean D. But it's, it's really motivational and, and and good for Sean. I would say in a lot of ways. Somewhat recently, Doug Polk, right? But he, uh, I don't think he quite made it. I think he lost the bet, but he he certainly got in. Uh, you know, lost a lot of weight and looks uh, much better in a lot of people's opinions. 
Yeah, indeed, yeah. But yeah, you mentioned about variants and tournaments. I mean, the reason I I enter these tournaments on Poker Stars is because that's all I really have where I'm at to play mixed games. There aren't any sort indeed, of mixed yeah. cash games on on any of these sites. So that's why I jump in these poker tournaments, but it is good that you bring that up uh mentioned to listeners that you know and for, for me to remember as well that you know it, it's hard to win a tournament and you mentioned you got second in a couple of fit and special tournaments there and to me that's almost as good as winning um being able to place in the top two or three of a of a tournament but there's a, there's a lot of variance like you said uh in, in a tournament and it's rare you're gonna win and let alone cash and like you said a, a cash might not really you know, do much uh, and, yeah. and it's certainly going to make you feel a little on, down maybe because you didn't win, but you should still be proud. You know, like at the world series, you know, this year I didn't, I didn't cash. I, I didn't make it to any day twos, but uh, I, I felt I played pretty well. I, I can play better without a doubt, but uh, for the most part, I was, I was pretty happy with, with how I played. And that's really what it comes down to, you know, being, being proud of what you're doing, continue to study and play well, knowing that it, it's tough to make it to the top. Indeed. Yeah. I thought I learned a couple of things from Totti last night, you know, in, 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 in terms of tournament play. He's a crusher. He was he was playing that because it's his last night in Malta and he's moving to Sweden again today. Uh, the, the the day after the Switzerland event, he was moving back to Sweden. So him and another, Swed another Swedish friend came to play the tournament last night. We had a blast. We had a fantastic time. That's what it's about too. You know, while while you're on your way trying to win a tournament or uh, beat some mixed cash games, uh, it's the journey that really means a lot too. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of friendly folks that play these games, a lot of stories going around, and uh, it, it, it's just nice to be a part of the mixed game community. Sure is being part of being involved, being part of it. It's a win in itself. You're already winning just being there. You know, because. Life is so short, you know, the, the better the better that you make of the time that you spend on this earth, that that's a win, that, for sure. If you want to learn more about mixed games, Martin and I have each written a book. Head over to Amazon for my book, Poker, All the Games, a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games. There you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games, as well as other chapters on why mixed games provide a better edge than hold'em, and other things like health and wellness, um, which are important not only in life, but also in playing this game of poker. Martin, why don't you tell us about your ebook? Yeah, my ebook is called Pot Limits Vitan Special. It's also available on Amazon. It's about one specific game. It's a European version of Dromaha. Uh, it takes you right through from the very basic how to deal and play the game, what the rules are, through the starting hands, every different type of starting hand, all the odds for completing your hands, both the draw hand and the Omaha hand. It takes you through the pre-flop, flop, draw, turn and river stages, it also gives you a quiz section near the end, which can uh, question you your uh, awareness of how well you've learned how to play the different betting rounds and how to decide which cards to draw. And then there's a, there's a section at the very end which goes through a few other variations of Swit and Special or Dromaha that I have played at, at that point when I'd written the book. And I'm also working on the hard copy no ETA on that at the moment, but uh, that is in a work in progress. You can follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R, all the games. It's poker, at poker, all the games, but there's no E in poker because it's too many letters for Twitter. Or subs And or subscribe at pokerchannel.substack.com. Dot com and when you see our um on twitter we post these uh episodes and or if you go to uh, substack and subscribe there uh hit the like button for us send a subscribe um to pokerchannel.substack.com and you can also follow martin at okay my handle is on both twitter and substack is poker for leisure or poker for leisure p o k e r the number four L E I S U R E. So on Twitter, it's poker for at poker for leisure, 
And on Substack, it's pokerforleisure.substack.com. Well, that's all for episode 33, Pineapple, Deuce to Seven, Open Face, Chinese Poker. Join us again in two weeks for episode 34, where we will discuss Razduce. Thank you for listening to Poker, All the Games. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can. Thank you.